This podcast is supported by Acast, the home of podcasting. So whether you're brand new to podcasting or have already launched your show, Acast holds your podcast for free, distributes it to every platform, and offers the tools you need to grow your audience. Plus, if you'd like, Acast can help put money in your pocket through ads and listener support. Cool, right? Visit Acast.com. That is A-C-A-S-T dot com. What is up, guys? Welcome to the third episode of Memento. I am your host, Isela, and I am here with Yoselin Mendoza. I met Yoselin um, when we were, I want to say, in elementary school. Okay, we were totally trying to figure out the year. You think it was elementary school? It, it was. was. It was elementary school. Because ah. I started there in third grade. Isan Jose? Mm-hmm. Damn, we both went to Isan Jose? Dang. I mean, it's just right there. I mean, I know, but I didn't know... <laughs> Well, I thought I met you. Isan Jose is in elementary school, and for those that like don't know, it's a school that's right across my house. Because yeah. you started in on the same, like around the same in SWAT, no? I okay. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we met with this company called NDI, which stands for the National Dance Institute of New Mexico. Shout out to NDI. Um, they're big on crispy fingers. <laughs> sounds so lame. <laughs> um, high knees and them happy jumps or what the <laughs> the high yacht ew <laughs> that's so gross I remember no I'm not gonna say names but like, but like these people who would train us to become dancers as little, little kids had so much energy but it wasn't even like dancers dancers I felt like it was like to keep us out of the streets part okay so ndi has like <laughs> categories so like they pull you out when you're in elementary school you like try out for because we had tryouts do you remember that right, yeah <clears throat> um you try out for this for the organization and the way you try out is like you practice with this dance crew and then they pick certain people who they want to be part of their big show and then if they want to keep you you are then like put onto what they call the SWAT team and then as you grow older, you then go into what they call a celebration team. So did we have to try then, out to be part of SWAT? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then from there, if you made it into celebration, right? Or was it if you, oh, no, it was Roving Ambassadors. Do you remember that? What the fuck was it? No. What I are you talking about? It was like a, like a more or after celebration, but um, they were only like a few selected ones or whatever. I do remember because... Okay, I feel like we weren't really trained until we were part of the celebration team. Mm-hmm. Is like when they started to like pull us out. Because I remember me and Yesenia. Uh, what's it called? Sorry, I just got a text that says "Love you, Daddy" by my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that on that on my yeah. I just got distracted. Anyways, like we had we got pulled out for a tap dance. And, like, they had us, they took me and Yesenia, oh, who was it? Jesse. No, not Jesse. Who's the main, um, the main person who's, like, still part of NBI? Jackie. Jackie. Yeah. Jackie took me and Yesenia into this tuxedo place, like, up by Manaw. Mm-hmm. And we rented actual tuxedos. <gasps> and they, awesome. like, dressed us up. We had this big solo. Have you heard the song Dancing in the Rain? Mm-hmm. And we, we opened up the show, so, and it was the coolest shit ever. See, the thing is, like, they have their moments. Like, they do have, I feel like, the potential of it, too. But I just, just personally, in, like, my own, like, experience with them, like, I definitely felt like I could have grown a lot more if there was actually, like, more so training and not just, like, oh, like, we're going to build up for a performance at the end of the year. Like, this is what we're doing, and this is how you'll do it. You know? Does that make sense? I feel like they started doing that when they opened up the Highland. They started to do those pullouts with like ballet mm. and like lyrical and contemporary, right. but I do feel like it. I didn't get trained until I was a lot older. Exactly. And then it was like too late because you should be trained as soon as you can. 
Right. I mean, I don't necessarily feel like it's too late, but if you're not going to be pursuing it or if you're not dedicating your entire life once you're, like, already in your mid-20s, then it's a little harder. I mean, dude, like, these people that become these beautiful professional dancers, they're trained by the time they're, like, three years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely have a love-hate relationship with dance. I feel like I didn't necessarily take it seriously until I was in college, Um, and that was mostly because... um, you just, you know, growing up, coming from a Mexican uh, background, um, there's a lot expected of you, and so one of those is not, they're supportive, but being an artist isn't necessarily a big supportive or where they would want their kid to, or the route that they would want their kid to go in. Um, So I struggled a lot going into college figuring out what I wanted to study, um, and I went into not it was it was never dance or anything within the arts i was going in and trying psychology or like figuring out if i wanted to do nursing or in the medical field um but then eventually i understood and accepted the fact that i'm just i'm an artist you know there's no way i could go around that um and so i was uh i started dancing more in college and that's when i realized i was total ass like i didn't feel like i was um, like really good or if i really had a future in dance um Especially just, too, because once you get older, then you do feel too old to, should I even keep doing this? Should I even, do? am I even getting better enough at this age? Is it even worth it at this age? Um, and, and you ask you yourself all these yourself questions. yourself to all these, like, really good dancers, too. Oh, yeah. Been doing it for years. A thousand percent. Like, you see, a, like, the three-year-old killing it better than you do, than you are, you know? And you're just, like, <laughs> With the crispy fuck, fingers. like. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're like, where'd mine go, you know? Like, I just, <laughs> just like it's stressful and I feel like that comparison also like um, it doesn't do you any good you know um so uh but I like to really gain as much experience and I guess knowledge within the dance world too because it gets fishy it gets tricky and if you beat yourself up for something that then you're not going to keep advancing um so I like to the way that I see it is like I really like to travel so anywhere that I go travel to I like to take a class in each place that I travel to not only because am I improving in each with like each class but I'm also networking I'm meeting people I'm just like getting to experiences experiences that like I only have one life you know and that in itself is like what also pushes me to like not beat myself up for something that I can't necessarily control so I can't control the fact that I didn't start like super young in the training that I would have liked but I can do what I can with with where I'm at now. I feel like as young Mexican women who do end up pursuing a degree, that's huge in our families, especially like in families where they didn't pursue that. So if we were to pursue something that our parents would see that wouldn't bring us a lot of profit, it would feel like we're failing our parents and we're failing us as first generation Mexican-Americans. Mexican, yeah, Mexican-American scholars, Mexican-American, like, mm-hmm. we failed the privilege we had in that little second to get a degree. Right. So, like, when you were in college, like, did you want to pursue an art degree? Like, I, I majored in interdisciplinary arts and a uh, minor in Spanish, so good. I eventually did, uh, you know, fall into what I actually wanted to do, but it was hard because, you know, like I said, m- my family are the most supportive and everything, but they were the most complicated in, in actually helping me figure out what it was that I wanted to do because in their head, it was get yourself what makes more money, get yourself what that's going to get you like the most materialistic things, you know? Um, and in my head, it's like, well, I don't necessarily want to focus on the things that get me the most money. I want to be happy in my life. I don't want to be working a job where I'm miserable and hate like my everyday, but it's bringing in like a high amount of income, you know, like that to me isn't necessarily living. But then you think about, you sit there and think about the fact that like, oh, but you know, they did come to the United States for me and they're, and I'm here because of them and I should be doing all of these things and, and prove myself that, you know, whatever they did was absolutely worth it. Um, and so then that also gets like a lot more complicated and, and gets into your head and, and you're like, well, then I should be get doing something that gets more money. And, and but then it's like, but then this is also my life. And I'm thankful that like I'm here because of them. I, I am here because of them. And I wouldn't have everything that I have here because of them, you know. Um, so I should do what I want. I should do what I, you know, I'm here for, too. 
Um, but then, it, you know, it just, you go back and forth and it gets hard and then you really just question your whole life choices and you're like, well, is this even, should I even be doing this because it's not doing what they want? And, and it's just like a constant clash, you know, not only with like yourself, but then it's like with your family and then you don't want to disappoint them, but then you also want to, you know, yeah, it's, uh, push and pull and push and pull, but then you just love each other and you're like, well, damn it. Um, well, I'm just in my mouth. <laughs> Growing up, they call me DSL lips all the time. They would call you the what? DSL lips. You know what that means? No. What does that mean? (laughs) Big sucking lips. (laughs) They would call you that? Oh my god. Sorry, mom. I know, my mom's like, my mom thinks like I'm such a bad influence, and I'm like, this is the shit I'm doing, mom. Like, this is it. What is it called? DSL. The the what? (laughs) I'm gonna write it down. I need to write it down. I'm an English teacher. D S O stands for dick sucking. That's it. Oh, it's an acronym. Yeah. Fuck. Where have you been all these years? Guys, I swear I'm smart. What are you teaching these children? Well, they don't come up to me and they're like, Miss, your lips are very D S O. Like they don't fucking do that shit. Those the other stuff. Good about that. I will never mention where I work. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, we were talking about being Mexican. First gen. <laughs> First gen. Um, what was I saying? Oh, okay, yeah, you were talking about, like, happiness. Dude, I don't think I was ever told to, like, pursue anything because it makes me happy. And I'm like, fuck, that's so fucked up. But it's true. So I was, depressing. It's, it is depressing. My mom was never like, Isela, pursue what makes you happy. It was like, yo, you should get a degree. Right. Because I didn't get a fucking degree. And if you don't get a degree, you're going to be cleaning houses like I am for the rest of your life. And I was like, fuck, like, that's so sad. You know, and then I hear people with privilege and they're like, yes, you should get a degree, and I want you to take over, like, my business and all this shit. So I get why, and, like, I hear a lot of a lot of young artists who, like, want to pursue the arts and want to be a creative, and it's so hard as a first-gen because I think we have this weight over our shoulders where we have to be more than what our parents were mm-hmm. because we feel like we owe it to them. Like, they did come here to give us a better life. They They came here so that we can be greater than they were and so like it's so interesting talking to creatives that are within our age a lot of people or individuals our age um they're they're different than past generations in the sense of of what they want where they see themselves where the the path they want to take and that and already in itself is like whoa 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 like this is way too like different what's going on with what you know what i mean you're not following through with the traditional ways of living for you know does that make sense yeah yeah like you're not (coughs) providing you're not is that what you mean like you're not providing for a family you're not yeah like you're not doing all the things that that by your age you should already be doing like you should have your career you should be making money you should already be getting married you should be having kids you should learn how to be a housewife after two might as well like you know dude i'm lucky i know how to iron a shirt without fucking getting burnt like seriously (laughs) (laughs) i have to take it to my mom still like the other day like some miraron las mangas i was wearing like the white shirt and las mangas las tenia sucias and i took it to my mom and i was like mom please can you clean this? Like, I, don't know, I don't know what to do. Okay, no, I know how to do that. <laughs> so I know you're alone. Do, do you? Do you know how to do it? Yeah, I know how to iron my own clothes. No, no, no. I know how to fucking okay, iron my clothes. Like, no, 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 no. I don't know how to take off the dirty stuff from the mangas on my shirts. Like, <laughs> no, pues sí, pero aunque las lave, wey. Like, aunque las lave, I don't know what the fuck to do. And I'm just, I think that if I were to get married, you ask me, like, would you get married right now? This just, like, strengthens my response to you. No. Because I would, if my husband came and like showed me his mangas and was like, he'd be like, my beautiful wife, like, you fucking, you sent from heaven, angel, (laughs) goddess, queen, wife. That's what my husband's gonna talk to me. If he doesn't talk to me like that, I'm gonna divorce him. Literally, it's gonna be in our contract, in our marriage contract. (laughs) Contract, you know. Like here, here. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, 
Okay, so as since you have been moving throughout studios throughout the U.S., what is what have you noticed in dance, and like how do you notice dance shifting between studios? And not only that, like have you? Well, let's start off with that question. Anytime I travel outside of here in Albuquerque, it's kind of like another reminder or. I, I feel re-inspired. For some reason here in Albuquerque, I, I'm constantly feeling stuck and I don't feel mm. the desire to like keep learning and keep like pushing for something else because I, I just feel like overall I'm stuck, you know? So whenever I get to go travel somewhere different and like get to experience the dance out there, I'm just re-inspired and like re-motivated and like I see all these amazing dancers and I'm like, holy crap, like the talent out here is insane. Like I could be doing these things too, but where is this energy back home, you know? And then I sit there and I think about, well, like maybe like I'm the one that have to that has to start it too if it's not already existing or like how can I do it to like have this energy in the same place so that I can help myself and like help other people that are also feeling the same thing. But it's just all around like people are just insanely talented. And every time I come back from somewhere else, I'm like, dang, like then I remember why I love to dance. I remember why it is that I like love to move and, and be in this specific, you know, be a dancer and be an artist. Do you ever feel insecure when you're in those situations, like in those spaces where, you, where you're like insecure to a point where you don't even wanna expose yourself? Oh yeah, a lot of times in the beginning. Now I feel like I've, I've I mean, I, I feel like I've changed my mindset a lot and was able to shift the way that I see and see things and think about things. But in the beginning, I, it definitely was a struggle. Like, I would always stand in the back of the class. I would not be able to, like, freestyle or, like, go into the middle of the circles and just, like, even when I'd, like, fuck up a choreography, I'd be like, God, like, I'm not even good enough. Like, why should I, why am I here in this class? Like, why am I even doing this? And I would really, like, talk negatively, negatively and, like, beat myself up for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like vulnerable, like, um, dance is such a vulnerable thing because you, like, you're surrounded by mirrors, right? You have these, like, mirror to your right, mirror to your left, and then one in front of you usually. Not always, but a lot of studios have that. And then you have people looking at you dance too. Mm-hmm. And like some, most of the time they're hyping you up, right? But other times they're, they're looking at you. And so I feel like dance is such a vulnerable sport because you're, re- you're putting your whole body out there and you have to follow a sense of movement if mm-hmm. it is choreographed. <laughs> and everybody's watching you. And, like, yeah. you're exposed. Your whole body's exposed. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then it, you have that thought of, like, oh, my goodness, like, because all these people are watching you, like, what are they going to say? Like, what are they thinking? Are they thinking the same thoughts I'm thinking? Are they saying the same things I'm saying? You know, and that that in itself, too, is, like, well, damn, like, I can't even dance then if, like, they're saying the same things I'm saying. And that in itself gets, like, fucking hard, too, because you're just, like, well, like, how do I get out of my head and just dance, you know? And me and Yoselin were talking about this today as well, like, how have I guess because we and I say we because I now I remember when like I used to dance as well like that created so much insecurity in my life and being constantly surrounded by mirrors and someone constantly judging like shape and I'm like shape and sense of like technique like how your body should look how long you should look when you're turning like when you're trying to do extensions like when you're doing jumps and I was like your body and your movement is constantly being judged and for me that creative like that didn't create any sense of empowerment I just felt so insecure the Mm -hmm. whole time and that created Mm -hmm. so many body issues for me when I was growing up because I my my form was constantly being judged Mm -hmm. so how have you been able to shape that into something that you love and something that propels you to continue to chase dance oh, that is such a great question um because it's definitely been a journey I feel like this one time I went and took an intensive out in Boston um and this was still me the insecure Jules that the one that couldn't do anything to save her life um and really put herself out there and I was already like this was my first ever intensive and um putting myself in a in a place where I knew nothing really about this style like it was for contemporary in there also and that's like my least um I guess like style that I'm into I guess Mm -hmm. um 
And but anyway, I get to this this intensive, and throughout it, I was like feeling crappy because I was just like, dang, like everyone's so good. I'm not like doing what I should be to like be here. Blah 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 blah. But I took this one class specifically, um, and this is kind of where it started, where I started to feel a little bit more confident within my own self, my own movement, my own like my own style, and like finding my own style and what that meant like meant to me. Um, but I, I, I met a dancer named Impavido, um, and we were in this room, and basically we started doing some like improv, and and um, she told us to close our eyes and imagine uh, a piece of paper in front of us. And in front of this piece of paper, or on this piece of paper, she said, write down any obstacles or any insecurities, anything that is getting in your way and limiting you from going further and from you know improving and becoming a better version of yourself, um, not only with you as a person, but as, as a mover, as a dancer. <clears throat> and so I did, I imagined, I closed my eyes, I imagined all these different things. Um, and then she was like, okay, uh, open up your eyes and look at that piece of paper. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking at this piece of paper, you know? <laughs> I was just like, okay. And she was like, all right, just grab it, crumble it up, and just throw it behind you. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, I'm doing that. After. And then they threw it behind me. And I was like, wow. Like, like, no, seriously, throughout it, I was just like, wow, this is kind of silly. But then after I was like, how is it that it actually kind of helped me? It, it added, like, this weird, like, image that it was not that deep. It, it, like, it, the things were not as big as they made it seem because they fit on a paper, you know? And after that, I mean, it's so simple, but it, like, blew my fucking mind. I was like, you are right. Like, they shouldn't be this big for them to be bothering me as much because they're not that big. They fit on a paper. And you're in you control, know? too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That I can just crumble it up myself and do with it what I please. It was just, like, a really, like, crazy, mind-blowing thing for me. And after that, literally, I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, like, it's not, maybe I'm not where I want to be or where I, quote-unquote, should be because what even, what does that even mean? you know, um, but I'm here now, and that's what matters, so I dead ass, like, I go in the middle of the floor, and then I take off my shirt, and I'm, like, dancing in my sports bra, and I'm, like, fuck yeah, this feels so good, and I had never been able to do that, like, I had never been able to dance without my shirt, like, because I would see these dancers in their sports bras, like, booty shorts, and I was, like, how the fuck do y'all do that, like, I was just, mm. like, you know, it, it, because of these body, like, issues that you have, like, of your own body, and the, and the image of that, you know, <clears throat> and so, that's kind of where it started where I was like dang like I can like be comfortable in my own body and I can like love the way that I do things and and dance because it's me you know there's that's it um and that's where it had started and eventually um I it was definitely in shifting my mentality of like why do you dance you know why did you dance Oof, (laughs) I dance because I love the competition Hmm. I don't think I dance for and then I'm like well what is right and what is correct I'm like I don't think I dance out of passion. I dance because it was a form of me to feel in control. Mm-hmm. It was never an expression to me. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I, I got, so like, once I finished NDI, like I was within studios and it, it was never about like, how can I express myself through this form of dance? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I did <laughs> contemporary and I did lyrical. And those forms of dance are so emotional. They're so emotional, especially if you're, with, you're dancing with a partner and you're telling the story through movement. And so I was just trying to, to impress. Like, it never became about me. And so that's why I left it. Um, do I regret leaving it? I think I regret, like, the fact that I invested so much into something where, like, I know that, I have potential in, but it never satisfied me. That's so crazy. What do you think would have satisfied you in a change or? I think the way that you've described your experience with dance, like if I had a teacher that was like, you can free yourself through movement. You can find space and healing through movement, through dance. I think that would have helped. But the fact that it was always, like, a sole focus on how perfect I can be, it just kept fucking with me. Because you can't be perfect. (laughs) Like, you can't reach a level of perfection. And um, especially in the dancing world. Especially if you're fucking competing with, like, these three-year-old, born, raised (laughs) fucking babies who have been dancing their whole life. So, and I think, like, growing up, 
I never, I mean, Instagram wasn't that, that popular, I feel like, when we were growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And so all I would see was, like, so you think you can dance. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't watched the show, it's these very talented dancers who, like, have been, since fucking sperm, they were raised <laughs> to be. It's true, it's true. They were bred to be dancers, and I wasn't, you know? Fucking NDI with my crispy fingers. I didn't fucking belong in. <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's lovely the fact that like you took a relationship with dance that has been able to allow you to expand yourself in a way where you can create such a lovely relationship with body and with self. And like now though, I feel like it's where it's been better because um, you know after that and everything, it was really in in when I asked myself like why do you like to dance, Jules? Like why are you killing yourself and 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 being like so hard on yourself and the fact that you like you said you're not perfect like you're not getting the choreography like you don't look like that like why can't you you know um until I just started like asking myself like seriously dude like why like why are you still putting yourself throughout like all of this and like and saying that you like it and then I sat there and I was like honestly like I just have fun like I just enjoy it and like it makes me happy you know like it genuinely just I have a good time when I dance whether I'm getting it wrong or right like I'm, I'm grooving I'm vibing it feels good you know and I think when I was able to shift that that it, it made more sense to me it clicked better and that's why like even growing up like I've never seen so you think you can dance I've never really seen any of these competitive like um, you know shows or or events it's so interesting <laughs> because we have such different perspectives mm-hmm. and it's because of our influence right definitely and even because like in Pavido, she was on so you think you can dance and and like even like after that like I tried to watch it but I just I, I wasn't interested you know like it was weird but um now I can like take myself to a class and really be like oh man like I'm fucking up like haha that's cool though but like I can get this down at least or like I can do this and like that that feels good too you know so I think when I was able to shift that and be like hey like it's not a big deal you can do it just fine and you're just doing it because you're having a good time and even within that my insecurity too like slowly it's like leaving the door have you ever had people bring you down within the world (laughs) of dance not that not that I'm aware of I don't think so I feel like my biggest bring down has just been myself yeah (laughs) and like especially like comparing yourself to like now that Instagram is really big like comparing yourself to all these dancers on Instagram and like looking through these videos and you're just like damn it like (laughs) why don't I dance like that or whatever but um I think that myself like I like to say I'm you're your biggest supporter but you're also your biggest enemy because you're the, only yourself is the one that limits you and brings you down, you know, like, yeah, of course you can have outside factors, but, you know, to an extent, but in, in general, it's just yourself because I also think we're constantly thinking that like all these people are paying attention to us and how right. we're doing and like how we look and like, did we say that? And like, <coughs> it's like, no, dude, like they're just focused on their fucking selves. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like they're it thinking about how they did. They're thinking about like how they look and like, sure, they'll think about you, but like, no, Irrelevant. they're judging themselves. Irrelevant. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're judging themselves the entire time. How have like have you been presented opportunities through the world of dance? Um, opportunities, opportunities like I don't know, like hey, I really want you to come over here. It's mostly been like they'll reach out to me on Instagram and be like, hey, like do you want to do a video? Do you want to do a dance? Blah blah blah. I'll make a choreography. Do you want to teach? I've taught a class before. That was fun. Um, Who I are ask- the people that have reached out to you to do um, this? been like a couple videographers on instagram um but people that own studios i guess in my head too it's just more of a like i don't necessarily see myself fully committing to dance um so then i don't feel like it's something so big does that make Mm -hmm. sense you know Mm -hmm. because i'm just I just, like I said, once I shifted the mentality of like, oh, I'm going to be a pro dancer too, I literally just dance because I like it and I have fun and it's something that I love and that I enjoy. Um, I really just, it's not really, that's not my focus anymore. Was that your goal, to be a pro dancer? I wanted to be a backup dancer, like a reggaeton, or now it'll be like Bad Bunny, like imagine, that'd be so (laughs) sick. Bad Bunny? (laughs) Shaking ass in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yoselina has also been in a couple films. What is the recent film that you've been recording? Um, a recent film. Or the most, what is the most like a recent, recent project? Film. Yeah. Um, it was called, I think, Las Palabras Que Dijimos Ayer, um, which was 
freaking amazing. Um, it was my first project where I got to do it in Spanish. Um, I, yeah, it was for this, this guy reached out to me on Instagram and was like, hey, like one of my friends told me that, you know, I'm looking for an actor who can speak Spanish um, and they sent me your way and blah, 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 blah. And so we connected from there and um, I was able to participate in the short film that he was producing. And um, yeah, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> so give us an intro to that film. What's it about? Who was involved in the production? Who were some of your, um, who, was, who, who was part of the directing team? So his name is Luis, is, a, is the director that reached out. Um, it's basically about, uh, this was, was also exciting, because it was about two uh, girls in a relationship who were going through a breakup. Um, and so it's basically just our conversation in a car. Um, Ooh, and showing that as a Mexican-American, mm-hmm. fuck yes. Especially as a Mexican-American, um, you know, being being a, a, in a lesbian relationship. That's like, not seen. Being, that was like, never shown. Speaking Spanish. Like, this was not something that, you know, is out there like that. So I thought it was awesome to be able to be a part of it, you know. Um, I love, I would love to, in a loving way, to make my family uncomfortable and for them to see that it's okay, you know, it's not a big deal, it's not as deep as people make it seem because, you know, it's normal, it's just, but, um, yeah, that was the the more recent project. And we never grew up seeing that, Mm -hmm. like, I never grew up in a, you know, like, our telenovelas even to this day i'm pretty sure there is no relationship that is homosexual and there is i have not seen or if there's someone who is considered gay they're overly exaggerated where like they try to make fun of the character Mm. rather than like trying to showcase their story right right and um it's so funny too because um my aunt is gay and my mom to this day, she's like, oh, it's just a phase. And I'm like, no, like, it's not a phase, dude. Like, this isn't a phase. And she's like, nah, tu tía no sabe nada. Ahí está nomás. Esa mujer. No sabe lo que quiere. No sabe lo que quiere. Está sola. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, mother, like, like my, like, my aunt loves this woman that she's with. And she's like, like, <laughs> And I'm just like, what the fuck, you know? And like, and uh, and it's it's insane because that's still not being modeled, and it's not and it's still not being accepted within Mm -hmm. within our family. And and I think it's so admirable admirable that you get to showcase that Mm -hmm. as a Mexican American woman, and you get to show stories that haven't been shown within our generations. Right, so that's something that I'm also super thankful to Luis for because um, he reached out and I was able to be a part of, the, of something like this where I can, I feel like, have a little bit of a voice in my own experience. And um, because actually, whenever we were filming this, um, I was kind of going through like a breakup type thing with this, this other girl and it helped me a lot, like within that. And I was like, oh wow, like I literally already felt this. So then I can really just relate mm. and and not, it like it just, yeah, actually just relate to this whole situation. Did it help you heal? And I did, it like really did. It, it helped me like understand a little bit more, even just like when her and I were going through our lines it, and like helped me understand my own feelings and like my feelings as my character, um, because we were oddly very similar too. Uh, so that like was really helpful and like kind of like blew my mind where I was like <laughs> we would make fun of, of it and I was like dude print out a picture of her face and put it back there so that I could like talk to her like if it was like because you know this is how I was feeling throughout quote unquote breaking up with her so you literally printed out a photo of her and put it and put <laughs> no it, it was a oh, joke I was like, like <laughs> no dude I would have admired the fuck out of that if I was like watching you go through your lines I'd be like I'd be the person in the background just being like fuck yes fuck yes and you fucking tell that piece of paper <laughs> that piece of paper yeah dude but it was intense because I it was very fresh very recent um and I mean this this girl that I I was talking to she was my first love so and, and I don't feel like I would have been able to play the part um how I played it if I wouldn't have had like this experience prior to that you know so I was really thankful for that you know because it helped me um be more in tune with with her as me as that character what would you say you got most (laughs) (laughs) this film is so cool please go watch it no Um, just like film in general like Mm -hmm. that amazes me every day but 
How did you get within the film industry? Uh, um, personally, like how I started, or just yeah, like, like overall? How, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, this is, let's see, I knew I've always wanted to act ever since I was really little. Um, that was like my biggest, my biggest dream. Um, and I had a best friend at the time. Her name was Diana, and uh, we grew up together. We, I met her when she was in first grade. I was in second. And this is so um, cute. We, <laughs> it, uh, she and I, um, we would always play these games that we called acting games. Um, but really, I mean, it's just like we, we would play like we were sisters or something, and then we would go through and and we because we played a lot at her house and we would it was mostly like fantasy and fiction and we would make up these crazy stories um and just like acting them out um one of my favorites was uh when I'd sleep over at her house we would pretend that we were sisters and that all of a sudden we were woken up in the middle of the night and to these noises and we'd get up and look and look around and we'd see this like secret door on the side of the wall and like it was like super tiny and we'd see like these little fairies like coming out and stuff and like it was it was awesome we had so much fun when we were kids totally it's hard to find that spark again as like adults you know but uh yeah, so growing up, we would always say, you know what, like, one day we're going to be actresses and we're going to, you know, be in movies and we're going to be so freaking cool. <laughs> and um, that was like our plan. But growing up, you know, you start adulting and you start, you kind of start to forget, you know, your dreams and, and the things that you wanted to do when you were little um, until eventually, um, well, she unfortunately ended up passing away when uh, she was 18. So, um, it was mostly, like, her passing that I was like, you know what, like, I'm gonna do this, like, not only for myself, but for both of us, you know, and that's eventually, this was my sophomore year of college, um, and that's when I gave in and decided to pursue acting and pursue and, like, go full force into, um, into the film industry, and really just started looking into taking classes, um, taking classes at UNM, taking classes, and, and just, like, learning the most that I could, um, and then from there, eventually, just like gained more experience, gained more experience. I ended up meeting these awesome people in, in I mean, throughout, I met amazing people in college. Um, a lot of my closest friends from there, thank, thank goodness. Um, I'm super thankful for that. I um, love college because of that experience, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I was really close to dropping out, but I would never, like, see it any other way because I met the closest people that I have um, in college. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, so I ended up meeting this individual, his name's Eric, uh, and from there, he, I ended up getting introduced to, like, another group with Enrique and, and Amadeo and all these awesome dudes that we all ended up just, like, pushing each other into the film industry even more, like, they're an awesome little group that we all, that's something that I admire about them, too, um, we all push each other, we all push each other, support each other, help each other, like, and it's with them that I started off doing like these short films um, and practicing and finding more resources um, and just putting myself out there a lot more in that way. And it's actually funny this, the way that we met too. Um, but one day we were, um, I went to El Paisa. You know El Paisa? I fucking love El Paisa. <laughs> Those of you that haven't gone to El Paisa, they have the best fucking burritos. Oh, what do you get? What I do you get from El Paisa? Gorditas. Las gorditas con una aguita de melón. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I know I'm here thinking I'm like un burrito de frijoles con queso y una horchata. And like you walk in there. La, agua, la, la boca de agua también. I see, pero it's, it's one of those places that you walk into and you're like, ay wey, aquí la comida hay cucarachas o algo, pero oh, la comida first para chuparte los dedos. Yeah, yeah because it's, it's a fucking bright ass yellow place. Okay, and you haven't it gone. Like it hasn't been painted in like a whole century. But you go to Mexico, honestly, like I'll go to Mexico and like Las casas de mis tíos, like, their walls are painted, like, this bright-ass blue, and it's in their fucking kitchen, this bright-ass blue, the fucking, I don't know, living room is, like, this, like, melon-orange color. Dude, this is my mom's house. Really? I know. Why am I, like, I believe it. I fucking believe it. They have, like, oh, my God, when my dad, when my dad was, you know, here, he, my my cousins came from Mexico, and the house, you know, my other house, it's, like, it's like a t it's like a white color. Okay. And my cousins came and like my uncle wanted to help my dad like paint the house. And I come back from school one day, my whole kitchen and like dining room is this is bright orange 
and I'm fucking, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, like this why? is, and I literally look at my dad and I'm like, I could not appreciate that shit. I just, I was like, why would you, I was so pissed. And then, and then I started painting it till this day. Half of the fucking, like, you, there's, like, a roller that's, no. like, yeah, dude, I didn't even finish painting those walls. Like, <laughs> you see, it's brighter than this shit. Dude, it's it's like fucking that. brighter. Oh, my God, Mexicans and their colors, I swear. tienen a Pancho Villa, bro, but to top it all off. Do they have Pancho Villa in El Paisa? No. <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Pancho in fucking... <laughs> Um, okay, guys, so, like, I'm obviously moving out. I'm, I told you guys this in the last episode. But um, I was cleaning out a closet in my brother's room. And my dad would, ha- like, has this huge cross. It's fucking, I'm, like, sh- for those of you, I'm not very big. So I feel like, my, if I, like, I'm, like, it's as big as my body, which isn't that big. Um, you know, from, like, head to your waist, it's a huge-ass cross. It probably cost my dad, like, 200 bucks. And it's, like, carved, like, Jesus Ooh. carved on a cross. See, see, see. I and think my like, mom has the same one. Mexicans. <laughs> Anyways, how did we get a bunch of Villa in orange walls? Um, el Paisa. My, el Paisa, that's right, that's right. Okay, right, I was talking about my, how I met, ended up meeting my friends. Um, that, like, we all kind of, like, push each other now real hard in, in, within film. And they're all doing, like, awesome things. It, it blows my mind. They're, they all moved to California. I'm the only one that's stuck here now. But, um... Uh, yeah, so I went to El Paisa one day with my roommate. Real quick, and why didn't you go to Cali with them? Well, because as I was like telling you earlier, I got into a really bad car accident last year, and so I was in a really b- bad place last year. I w- had, you know, that car accident. I had no job. I had no money because I, act- I had actually quit my job so that I could move to California. Um, oh, it so, was within your plans already. Yeah, it was already within my plans. So, uh, oh, and dude, then, that sucks. Yeah, I just, I was going through that, you know, quote-unquote breakup thing, that it, whatever the heck it was, and it was just like super depressed. And life was just ass <laughs> um but uh, i had to stay behind because i ended up going in depth with a or como se dice? like i mean they con un carro i got a car um debt. and so yeah well yeah i can speak english i swear but <laughs> um, but yeah so that's why i'm here now is paying off my car and just i feel like kind of stabilizing myself in that sense before i decide to to travel away and move somewhere else but that is the goal but anyway, um, so I um, I was walking up to Advice and I ended up seeing one of my, or Enrique with this girl and they were like eating and I was like, yo, like I know you. And then he was like, oh word, like I feel like I kind of know you too. But it was like from where we briefly had seen each other at UNM. Um, and he was like, dude, I'm actually shooting this like short film. Would you like to be a part of it? And I was like, dude, word, like just let me know. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, super like quick and, and easy. And we ended up working on this shoot together um, or on this short film that he did, and eventually, um, he, um, yeah, we, so yeah, we worked on this short, and literally a little bit before COVID hit, um, or not a little bit before COVID hit, was, this was, the short that we had filmed was a little bit before COVID hit, but, um, basically, eventually, um, I ended up, and, and mind you, we weren't even close or anything back, like, back then, we had just seen each other and by someone random day, and then one day, I was traveling out of town with some, uh, with my family, uh, on my dad's side, and I, um, they, this was during COVID, and, uh, my roommates, had all been exposed to COVID. So one of them had COVID and the other ones had been exposed and then they had exposed my family. So coming back from my trip, I had nowhere to stay. So I was like, where and like, where, you know, where the heck am I going to stay? And I don't know why, like out of everyone, I just thought of Enrique. I was like, I need to reach out to this random dude that I don't even know. And I'm going to ask him if I can live with him for a couple weeks. And he, yeah, that's what happened. I reached out to him and he was like, yeah, dude, like you can come live with me. No worries. And he actually lived with Eric, which is one of my other friend that I ended up meeting at my job. And so it's just so crazy how like the universe works together and just like puts all these things for you. And like, that's why you just, you trust it, you know, you trust it i strongly believe that if you really want something it's gonna come to you right 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 right, totally and so yeah i ended up living with them um with uh, eric enrique and andy for 
about two weeks and literally from there we all just became really close um and that's kind of how I got myself more motivated and more I def- I mean definitely knowledge about the film industry um Enrique wants to be a director he is awesome Eric he wants to be a, an actor but he also directs and stuff um they uh, all kind of created their own production company and and it's just it's awesome to see other motivated individuals uh, your age and, and just like working towards something similar that you're also working towards you know um because yeah it builds awesome uh, relationships friendships connections but it also you know helps motivate you into the career that you want to go in um and uh yeah from there stuff yeah it's it's been there continuing since um we're there's some of my bestest friends now and we all just like push each other in that way um so that's it it, it is hard though because um, like taking classes and like continuing to learn in that way it's money, you know, it's expensive. It's so expensive. But it's to such an investment <laughs> in yourself too. Definitely. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so now I thankfully have an agent, but they haven't, uh, they're a little interested. You have an but. agent now. <laughs> What's do. it like I working an with an agent? agent? Um, like an I mean, agent. Agent. <laughs> like the weird one with an agent. <laughs> I mean, I honestly feel like I had a different not necessarily an expectation, but I had a different idea of what it would be like. Um, I, I don't know if it's just like, like the location or also like my features, what I look like, what they're looking for. So it could be a bunch of different factors. Um, but I rarely get any auditions. I don't really get any uh, works and, and I haven't booked anything just yet. Uh, but I just signed with them at the end of this last year. Um, so that's why it's like, you know, I I did have that different idea of like, oh, shoot, like once I get an agent, like I'm going to be finding more work, getting more work. Um, how does I, that work? Do you, how, <laughs> like, how do payments to your agent go? Does it depend on how many bookings you get? Yeah, so it basically just depends um, on, uh, say, if you book something, uh, however that amount is, they receive a percentage um, mm. of your pay. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how that, that is in. <laughs> a lot of your works also have been focused on your role as a Mexican American. Um, is that on purpose? Have you done that on purpose, or have have these roles focused on that? No, it's crazy. Like a lot of the roles I've been doing, it, they just happen to have come up like that, you know. So then um, I feel like partially I'm like super stoked about the fact that I've been able to like do like these roles, um, but then at the same time it's like okay, like. I also want another push. I want to challenge myself and be like, okay, like what else am I capable of doing? Like, yes, like I am Mexican and, and this is, you know, where I come from and stuff, but what else can I do? You know, how else can I push myself and, and where, where can I explore within that, you know, and outside of that? Um, what do you want to see? Like what, how do you want to expand yourself? Oof, I, my, my dream is definitely, uh, like, fantasy, science fiction, I love action, oh, my, my, uh, someone I look up to is Zoe Saldana, she is amazing, she's, like, doing the movies, like, I wish I could be in, I, I, I also say I'm a huge fan of X-Men, and I'm, like, if I am never, if I, <laughs> yeah, if I'm not in an X-Men movie, I can't say I'm successful, even though the X-Men movies are total ass, I think they're trash, but they, I, I love them, I've always loved them, I love the concept of it, and, and all of that, I've never watched but, an X-Men movie. Huh? I've never watched them. <gasps> Isela. They're trash. Oh I mean, yeah, they're trash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't, you know, I'm biased just because I love them. But, like, I'll watch the, one. The I'll watch one. very good. Yeah, you got to write X-Men. I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> she sees me here with my little journal right now. So I'm going, X-Men. Yes, that is your homework. If anybody wants to hang out with me, this is what I'll be doing. <laughs> watch the X-Men We're going to be watching a movie night. Or what? We're going to have a movie. You know, Yeah. <laughs> We got you, we got you. <laughs> but those are the kind of movies that I one day want to be a part of. It's just like, I love the thought of, well, that's like why I love acting. It's like, you can be your person, but at the same time, you're like being all these different people in your own lifetime. And that like blows my mind. And within you know? your own lens too. Yeah, totally. Because you, you have control over the actor they give you, or the, the character, you know? Like, I don't know to an extent, but like you really do you are able to live all these different lives but it's it's all within your life and I think that's what's like so mind-blowing like I see it just like it's like the study of human behavior you're you're really learning how to be and be and be you know like do you do you ever start reading people now more because you've had to play within these characters oh yeah totally like people watching and like even just like watching movies is a whole different experience you're just like 
you're not just being entertained you're also like studying and you're like oh wow like that character just did that how could have I done that or like you know like it, it definitely shifts like the way you 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 view people and and your relationships I feel like even in your personal life you're just like how do you how are you human how am I human how do we together are human now I see why <laughs> both know? of us can like get along with people like Angel because like also, by the way, the way me and Yoselin ended up connecting all over again is... Reconnecting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a mutual friend. His name is Angel, which I've been trying to get on this fucking thing. <laughs> His music is amazing. Like, I I don't know. I hit up Angel. I think I just came back from out of town, or he came back from out of town. And he was like, come over. And I was like, all right, I'll go over. <laughs> I went over, and he, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to be chilling with a friend. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And I, like, look at Yoselin, and Yoselin looks, looks at me, and we're just like... <laughs> Yo, like, were you part of NDI? We fucking know each other. Honestly, at this point, I think when, if I ever see someone from NDI, I'm not even going to ask NDA. I'm just going to be like... I'm Show just, me them crispy fingers, I'm going to be like, crispy fingers, go. Whack. <laughs> Have you ever seen that um, meme that, that's like this guy yelling at... Um, at a, he's like looking up at a window and he's yelling at this other guy who took his ex-girlfriend or like or no he's talking to the girl and he goes just letting you know like his shoes whack the way he makes you smile whack (laughs) (laughs) oh god i think that's the funniest thing dude it's amazing one time my roommate sent it to me she's like dude why does this look like you i was like (laughs) because he's brown because he's fucking brown (laughs) dude i'm looking at my notes right now and i just have dsl What is it? Okay, so I've, I mean, just like going into like philosophical questions. Um, When you hear the word artist, like what do you consider an artist to be? And how do you see yourself within that lens? Recently, or I don't know if this has always been a thing, but I've noticed it a lot more recently. People are so inclined to, to give themselves or want to see a label in somebody else and like they have to choose only like this or like this or like and that's why I like artists because it's just like it's broad you know it can be unless you want to be specific but personally I just feel like because I like to dabble into all these different things like that's just that's just I like to, I like art I like to create I like but I don't necessarily want to say that I, I'm a creator or like an entrepreneur or entrepreneur or like a influencer oh I, I no no offense but the influencer kind of like bothers me mm. um the term you know yeah there's like so many because okay. i create content you know what i'm saying like i create content um i feel like everybody creates fucking content at this point because of instagram and social media right. um but i i don't know why like i wouldn't consider myself an artist maybe because like i'm not creating something in I think like the typical way someone considers art as being like like I'm not creating movement I'm not creating a piece of art I'm not creating something that um I don't know I don't know that that's typical I'd say Hmm. you know what I'm saying like but isn't that the magic of art and this is the like the question with it and you and that's why I asked like what Hmm. do you see how do you see art and how do you see the term artist in your life and like how do you interpret that it's just like I could be wrong but that's really how I see it is like within artists you could have all these different like definitions you know like if you want to include a creative within an artist like that works too like you know because as an artist I do feel like I'm also a creative you know like I do feel like to an extent yeah I'm an influencer whether I want to or not because I'm you know other people will probably see it and be like oh cool like I want to do something like that or like oh like cool like I am like influencing other people probably to an extent you know um I just like in my head I'm like I want people to like look at my Instagram and be like oh snap like they look cool they look like someone that we could collaborate and like do some like cool stuff with or like oh they're just like a cool person or like wow like they can create some stuff cool you know like something like that rather than like oh like someone will look at my Instagram and be like oh like I'm pretty cool woohoo look here's all my selfies you know and again not that there's anything wrong with that or like not like um, bashing on that or anything like that of course it's just not what I would want for myself um, and not the, like the quote unquote image that I that I want to portray and put out there of like Jos you know or Jose Dean whatever um, or whoever that is <laughs> but um I really just like to consider myself an artist because I like to 
do all these different things within um, whatever the definition of artist it means to you. Like I love, I love to dance. I love to, I love, I love to act. I love to dabble into fashion. I love designing my own clothes. I love wearing my own clothes. I love modeling. I love like dabbling into all these different things. It's that, such an umbrella term. Yeah, for you. like it really is. Like it's not. You know, I I can't tell someone hi. Like I'm Joseline and I'm a dancer because I I'm not just a dancer. You know, like I like to say that I'm all, also all these different things. Like. I'm also just a person, you know, and like I'm, I'm someone that loves, loves to create and loves to create with others and loves to see other creators and other creations. And I feel like that also is included into being an artist, you know. And I feel like that's like one of the main goals that I try to incorporate with Memento is like how can I create these connections with artists, with leaders, with mm. athletes where like we get to create community through voice. Mm. Because I feel like voice and connections are one of the most beautiful things we can we can showcase. Mm. And I feel like people showcase art in ways of obviously like self-expression, but also mm. to connect to a bigger community, whether they, they're trying to or not. Because someone's going to see your art. Right. Um, and even if you just have it for yourself, I bet you anything, people want to see it. Mm. Pe- people want to like dive into other people. Mm. and I this is one of the last questions I have for you which is a big question how have you seen vulnerability shape your creative journey vulnerability is such like vulnerability let me tell you a thing about vulnerability <laughs> I feel like in order to tap into the vulnerability that you have as an artist, you have to really know what that looks like for you as a person too, you know? Like I really struggled with vulnerability for like throughout my life. Um, I grew up as a, uh, I felt like, uh, how do I explain this? Um, it was just my mom and I growing up uh, with like my, you know, intermediate family, but, um, I felt like I had to be, like, quote-unquote, the strong one a lot of the time, and... Because it was just you and your mom? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, seeing the things that she would go through, I felt like, um, I had to be that person, um, like, for the both of us, in a weird way, but, uh, so then growing up, like, I didn't know how to really express my emotions or, like, I thought there was such a big problem with crying and that there was, like, you know, you, you shouldn't feel your feelings because that was, like, considered a weakness and that would, like, look bad. And, and Did you um, not want to show it to, like, reduce any worry for your mom? Yeah, it was, like, a mixture of that for sure and just, like, I just didn't want to come off weak because I knew that I was someone that she relied on a lot. Uh, and... So then you grow up and, and th- that's something that like sticks with you, you know. Uh, so I definitely um, learned a lot of different ways that I was raised. Um, and just like overall, I mean, in general, I feel like when we grow up, we're definitely unlearning a lot of the ways that we're taught or raised by our family and our parents. Um, and so, and, and I, I, I feel like I grew the most whenever I moved out and started living with my roommates and two of them actually, um, they're crazy how much patience they had um but I'm, I'm insanely thankful to both of them um they're my best friends and it's like I wouldn't be the person that I am now without them for sure um they taught me a lot and they showed me uh just all the crazy ways that I was a shitty person you know and it's like you don't realize you don't you just don't because you were it's normal to you you know until somebody points it out and you're like oh wow like and if you want to change, you'll do it. And if you want to be better, you're, you'll do it, you know? But the fact that you were able to, and, and when you say, like, shitty, I mean, I'm like, I don't know about that. But, um, <laughs> but like, the fact that you were able to be like, yo, you know what? Actually, yeah, this isn't okay. I'm going to change it. Right. I think that is so powerful. Mm. Yeah, in, in general, I feel like if someone is able to acknowledge the fact that you're not perfect because none of us are there's no way 
and if you're able to you know accept and acknowledge the fact that like hey like i do have these like shitty parts of myself how do i change that how do i how can i be better and like learn from that and like continue to move forward you know um and and that's why i also say that they had a lot of patience with me because it that, that stuff that's not easy you know it's not easy and especially if you that's the only way you've ever known um and so i learned a lot on how to be vulnerable with them and how to be um, just like a better listener and a better um, just being able to even listen to myself and how I was feeling about these certain ways and about these like just like the way that I am and the way that I was and the way that I could be um, and I think that's a huge like vulnerable moment whenever you sit there with all of you you know and, and accept like all of you because you have the goods and the bads and but the bads are also really important whether we want them to be or not they're just very important as to um like you as a person and and you know where where you are and same thing like where you're going because you learn from all of that and having people that and good friends that are like you know what like here's what you need to improve on Mm -hmm. and having friends that push you to be better Mm -hmm. and stay with you in that journey right as you're getting better because a lot of people will be like you're shit see ya Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying you're part of this yeah yeah which is fine like i respect that too like it's it it's probably harmful for you to be around those people it's probably like deterring your like healing process too maybe Mm -hmm. right but at the same time like i do think we need those people that are gonna be like hey you're being shit right now you need to change this right Right. and being in that process as you change it Mm -hmm. yeah so i feel like once you're able to um you know tap into that and accept the fact that yeah, you're just not perfect, and and I like to say too, um, uh, what is the word? It just escaped me. But when you um, like learn to live with these negative parts of yourself, like coexisting, you know, you learn to to just really learn from them and accept them and see them for what they are because they're not necessarily against you. Like I just I really believe that everything is a balance good and bad and like we're made up of that so not one person's 100 percent good not one person's 100 percent bad to an extent you know but there's like it's always a balance yeah and i've so, had those conversations where i'm just where and that's like a whole right we can dive into that yeah. and, and really get you know deeper with that too but um uh i just yeah that is a very vulnerable place to be is is diving deep into all all of those parts of you um but within that i feel like you also tap into the creative side of you too because you now know more about yourself and you are vulnerable to yourself and i think that that all just plays together into because when you know you as a creative you have been a creative like this is this is who you are this is a part of you and I feel like that's just enhanced once you learn to tap into these different parts of yourself because you're just learning and learning and learning and accepting and acknowledging and like really putting that to use because it's who you are. You're not, you know, you're not like, yes, you're using it, but it's it comes from you. You know, you're not forcing yourself to do it. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think that once you like once you tap into your vulnerable self as a person as a human being like you're able to tap into that as an artist and as a creative because you're you you know that's that's what you're made out of i i want people to like have an avenue where they can like listen and be like Hmm. yeah me too yeah yeah me too and like fuck they're doing it like i can do it too you never know (laughs) who you're impacting and who you're like really like standing out to or like a moment that I really remember um, is like in high school the school I went to was a middle school in high school and so when you senior year or whatever comes along and they have this like uh like what was it was it like a talent no I think it was just like a a senior farewell type of thing and at the end of that they have um I believe it's whether sixth graders or eighth grade one of those point is one of the middle schoolers comes at the end of like the ceremony and they hand out a rose to um this like a specific senior or whatever and I remember that, you know, this like middle schooler came up to me or whatever and gave me the rose. And it wasn't anything really that I had, you know, thought further. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, oh, it's just like a middle school student coming to give me a rose because that's what they have to do, you know. Eventually, time went by and this individual, uh, she like had followed me on Instagram and stuff and she was a lot younger. 
and uh, one day she just like we ended up getting close um, and she ends up telling me that she chose me as her senior she wanted to hand me personally the rose because she looked up to me that I inspired her and that she wanted to have that to be able to give me that rose and ever since then like it, it just like has it's a moment that sits with me because you could have no idea but you're really impacting someone's life out there and like making like a difference in the way that they see the world or even themselves and like what they want to pursue mm -hmm. and I think that's a really like beautiful thing and and also why I think it's different than an influencer but uh <laughs> it's just like you never know you know like just by being like you and like a good person and um you're probably impacting a lot of different people and in great ways you know and I think there's lots of magic